Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's easy to get distracted during Christmas. It shouldn't happen to Christians, but sadly it does. What's Christmas all about? The world says it's all about family and friends and feelings of goodwill. And then you have holiday sales and Santa Claus and ho-ho-hos. Even on Christmas Day, it's possible for Christian households even to get swept away by the confusion of all the presents and the food and even binging on holiday movies. But the church, in her wisdom, has ordered our days in such a way that we come face to face with the reality of Christmas and can't escape it. For example, the day after Christmas, yesterday, as a congregation, we gathered here to celebrate the feast day of St. Stephen. St. Stephen is the first Christian martyr, at least depending on how you're thinking about it. He was stoned to death for preaching the gospel and following the example of our Lord. He prayed for his own executioners with his final breaths. Tomorrow, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Innocents. What's that all about? Well, when King Herod heard that a Savior was to be born in Bethlehem, he sent out his evil henchmen to kill all the baby boys in Bethlehem, two years old and younger. Evil Herod, because of his sin, he felt threatened by what this child Savior had come to do. And those martyred Babies of Bethlehem, they showed forth God's praise, not by speaking, but by dying. I hope you can see how these days following Christmas are so important, and how they serve as a corrective to any confusion about what this season is all about. Because it's not actually all about family and friends and presents and loafing around watching movies, and overeating. Christmas is about the birth of the Savior, our greatest gift, wrapped and swaddled in flesh, just like you. On Christmas, we celebrate the fact that God has entered into our world by his incarnation, and that he has come to be a sacrifice for sins to draw the world onto himself by his passion and death and rising. These feasts and festival days of the church reorient our lives in such a way that we can't escape it, nor should we, and we can't miss the meaning of Christmas. Today is the third day of Christmas, and you may be thinking three French hens, but it's actually the feast of St. John evangelist and apostle. Remember John? He was the son of Zebedee and brother James, also an apostle. John was called from his fishing nets to follow the Lord. He is known as the beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote the fourth gospel bearing his name, three epistles in the New Testament, and also the book of Revelation. 
Above the north entrance of our church, facing Shorewood Boulevard, there is a stained glass window of an eagle that is intended as the symbol of John's gospel. John's book is represented by the eagle because his gospel, in a way, soars far above the others as far as its witness to the eternal word of God made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Every Christmas, the children's program generally makes use of Luke's gospel on, for Christmas morning, and why not? It's got angels and all sorts of beautiful stuff. But when it comes to Christmas morning, we always go with John, John's gospel, who writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. According to the early church tradition, John was the only one of the twelve who did not die a martyr's death, in a way that's hinted at also in our gospel tonight. Therefore, John is the only apostle observed with white upon the altar instead of the usual red, red for the blood of the martyrs. Because of his faith, John was forced into exile on the island of Patmos, during which time he wrote the book of Revelation, in which God whisked him up into heaven for a panoramic view of what to expect for all those who trust in God and his grace. Legend has it that as a frail and old man, John was physically carried to church by his fellow Christians, where he continued to preach sermons. His sermons can be summed up with this little phrase, little children love one another. So what can we learn from St. John the Evangelist? Well, Sometimes Christians are tempted to think something along the lines of, hey, we're all sinners, and I can't rid myself of sin, so why should I even try? And the devil would love to have you think that way. But John the Evangelist simply won't allow it. My little children, John writes, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. That's what you heard tonight. He also says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. And whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Take notice there of the word practice. John is giving us a very stern warning and admonition against ongoing, habitual, and intentional sins. For John, we are to hate sin. We are to hate it. We are to turn away from it. We are to leave it behind, and we are to flee for refuge to Christ, who is our strength and our hope and our consolation. St. John will not allow us to cozy up to sin and to cozy up to God at the same time. He calls Christians to holiness of living, constant repentance as we feel our own unholiness. And he drives us to Jesus. At the same time, John, he assures us of the forgiveness and salvation found only in Christ. 
John writes, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My little children, writes John, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. In other words, for you baptized Christians, turning away from sin and trusting in him who loves you, you've got an attorney who will defend you and go to bat for you and say good things about you. And he does so with an ironclad fact that Jesus has paid the ransom and that by his forgiveness he has set you free. The second thing that we learn from St. John is to be present where Christ has promised to be. In real estate, they have a saying, location, location, location. And when it comes to your family and to your work, there's this little phrase too, showing up is half the battle, which is probably an understatement. These phrases really make me think about the wisdom of St. John the Evangelist. Because he was always at the right place at the right time. At the Last Supper, he leaned upon the breast of his Savior. John is the only one of the twelve not to abandon Jesus during the time of his passion, but followed him closely. And when Jesus was suffering and dying for us all, John kept vigil with the mother of our Lord at the foot of the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, John was the first apostle to race to the empty tomb and to peer inside. Location, location, location. John was good at showing up. He had a real knack for being present where Christ was doing his greatest work. We Christians, we can learn from this. We should never tire of coming to the divine service. We too should learn to keep vigil at the foot of the cross, run to his tomb, and find comfort and to lean upon the breast week of our Savior week after week at the Lord's Supper. It is not... Uh, hard to become distracted during Christmas for all of us. And therefore, we give thanks to St. Stephen and the Holy Innocents and to St. John the Evangelist for helping us keep focused on all the right things, like Jesus and the gift of his grace. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.